So the damage after that, so I was like so tense when I like was going over for that first hit. I like squeezed the steering wheel and like bracing myself and the impact, I buckled the steering column. So this tube actually bends up and down. It's hard, hard to see in this view, but you can see the U-joint is on the floor of the, of the U-Haul. And then it goes like up and then back down towards the door. And so that's bent. And so what we did was we took a three quarter inch tube and hammered it down the center to straighten it out. So we actually did the endurance race with the outer tube and an inner tube to straighten it out. <laughs> so it was just that. Um, obviously the number on the top of the, of the car was crushed, which we fixed and the, the uh, fire extinguisher. So that's the first rule uh, that they changed. So when I came down, the fire extinguisher is like right next to me, right? Like kind of armpit level. And so I'm going down and the impact just broke the fire extinguisher away from its mount. Um, <laughs> and the fire extinguisher was like off to the side. And uh, Dr. Sharif just went to Walmart and bought another, another strap, but those were plastic straps. And now the rule is you have to have a steel strap. Yeah. Uh, and so that was because we broke, we broke our fire extinguisher mount. <laughs> and he could have fallen and hit me or something, you know, so. Um, the other rule, right, was that since you guys squished your number, uh, because yeah. it used to be like a little cone or like a triangle. I'll show you, uh, hold that thought when we get to the next video um, of the rock crawl, you'll see, you have a really good example of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, uh, they had to change that rule too. Uh, they didn't put in any rules about the, the steering column, like, I don't remember seeing too much about its rigidity, like how the strength of the material, the steering shaft. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they knew that this happened, right? I mean, we got back <laughs> to the lab. And so like, you know, I hit, I tell that the guy next that he's next. So, you know, I always try to have a sense of humor about things. And I get out and the only injury I had was my knee was scraped. And it was because this buckle like into my knee, you know, cause like, it, you know, you have your legs are right next to it. And so like it buckled to the, to the side and like I guess I kind of scraped my knee so I had like a little scrape on my knee and and I had which you'll see later I had a um the seat belt cut my neck where like you know my body weight was in the seat belt um and so I had like, a, I had like a, what's that at that point did you guys have five point harnesses yeah yeah we did and we had the wrist now I totally understand the wrist strap thing because yeah. I mean, even though my instinct wasn't to put my hands out, I just kind of like just took my hands off the wheel and I'm sure it helped keep my arms inward. But um, so, yeah, they we went out and like within an hour, really, it took as long as it took Sharif to get back and we did the, the race again. Um, and it was I know that I did have an insurance guy from SAE come <laughs> talk to me, <laughs> so asked me a bunch of questions, filled out these forms. I said, like, I wouldn't sue SAE and um all this stuff uh oh so here's take two um yeah i forgot the, when we first showed up you know how they do your um your tack they give you a tack and they change your motor rpm your governor settings yeah. so everyone's at like 3500 rpm or whatever so i remember um they gave it to james and the judge was like or the guy doing the, the brigham stratton guy was like hey hold this for me like so i could read it while i'm tuning it and so James is like looking at it and then they, he tells me to start the engine. So I like take the lawn, you know, the lawnmower starter and just go and just smack James right in the nose <laughs> and just blood gushing everywhere. And I'm like, Oh my God, James, sorry. 
and he had to go to the like the ambulance, which is parked was parked right there. He went to the ambulance, and they gave him like a, a gauze and all this stuff. So then, as soon as when I rolled, they put me in a cart and drove me to the ambulance. So it was like, you know, all right, you know, now you're the second time like we've seen you, you this team, right? And they just checked me for that concussion and let me go. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that'll come back into play a little bit later. Um, so this was just running the maneuverability a second time. Uh, so I just got back in and, and did it. Um, and if you hear that, when you hear the audio on this, uh, when I make that turn, you can hear a sarcastic clap uh, by the audience. They're like, yay, <laughs> he made it. He went the right way. <laughs> he can turn now. Yeah. Okay, so here's the rock crawl. There's actually two versions of this video. Um, so this was right after that, right? So as soon as we finish that, we do this and we roll it again, right? Uh, and uh, the next video is a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> so look at that. Yeah, look at the number, right? So the number is flat now. It used to be like a TP. And so <laughs> this happened also during the race, which you'll see later. And so during the race, they couldn't really see the number, right? And so the next rule was the numbers have to be on the side of the roll cage, like inboard of the roll cage, and like a cutout. So if you roll, you don't squash your number. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that was another rule that was because of us. So I think we're on number two now. Rule number uh, yeah. for sure. Rule number two is yeah. you have to put your numbers on the side of the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here we are for the endurance race. Um, I have a couple stories about this. Uh, so this was so you started at the top of this hill. Oh, so yeah, let me go back. So the cliff diving, right? So as soon as I'm down and I, I'm driving in the ambulance, you know, they're driving me to the ambulance in a little like, gator cart. I see, you know, this was the uh, Caterpillar Proving Grounds. So they got bulldozers everywhere, right? Before I could get to the ambulance, they had bulldozers up there making this huge mound of dirt around that turn, right? So they realized we made a, a 180 turn at the end of a cliff, right? So if other <laughs> cars can't make that turn, they're going to fall off this cliff. And so they, uh, they build this, big mound up um, so that that wouldn't happen again. And that turn was supposed to be in the endurance race, right? So that was supposed to be part of the endurance race. And after I went off the cliff, they're like, we can't make that part of the endurance race, right? So they had to like bypass it and cut it and, and, and not go that way and make a new route the night before the endurance race. And they had this nice plan of 100 miles and they did an exact two mile lap and there's gonna be exactly 50 laps. And because of this, it ended up being like a 1.85 mile course. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, now we got to make it like 54 laps or something like weird, you know, something random. And it's not like exactly a hundred miles anymore. It's like ruined their whole plan for having a hundred mile race. So I go to dinner since my parents live in Arizona. They were, they came, my mom saw me go off that cliff and was like hysterical. Um, and so we go to dinner and we sit down at dinner and like two minutes later, the group of judges from SAE walk in and sit next to us and they see me like, no, you, right? And they're like, that's when they told me like, we had to change the endurance race and we had to change the number of laps because of you. And his, uh, Jason was like the head judge, right? And so, and he always gave us crap. Like he'd always find something on our car to, to not pass tech. Like, and after this, he like really, or maybe it was because of this that he was always doing that. But so he was like super mad and he was like, if I, if I see you guys at all 
driving too aggressive or roll over, you're out of the endurance race, right? So he's like giving me this lecture. And so they ended up leaving before us. And the waitress comes over and was like, do you know those guys? I'm like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, uh, one of them left his credit card and it was Jason, right? So Jason left his credit card at the, at the restaurant. I'm like, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so like right before the race, I see him and I was like, hey, Jason, thanks for dessert last night. And he's like, what? I was like, you left your credit card at the restaurant and I grabbed it for you. He's like, oh my God. He's like, thank you. <clears throat> um, so that I think saved us for what you're going to see in a little bit. Um, when we did roll over again, but he didn't kick me out. So, um, <laughs> so this is the beginning of the race and this is a tabletop jump. Right. And at the, at first everyone's going slow cause we're all like bungled together. Right. So on my first lap, um, I'm kind of going slow cause I'm stuck behind a slower car. And then I start passing people <clears throat> and then I couldn't make it back up the hill to the starting. Like, I'm like the people I just passed are now passing me. I'm like, what's going on? So I get back around and the pits are just after this, right? So I come down and by the way, the hill climb is to the left of this. So when you went up the hill climb, you were driving to the left on the screen and you drive up the hill. So this tabletop is down the steep, you know, hill into the tabletop jump. So you get a ton of speed coming down, right? But I, I just like, I was flooring it and I could, I just drove nice and slow over the hill. So I pull over first lap and they're like what and I'm like the car's not going I don't know and I, I stayed in the car and Dan was there and he goes around the back he's like the brakes are smoking right there's like smoke coming from the rotor and we had made our own we made our own uh, rotors our calipers um, back then in the rear so they were custom made you know we milled them in the lab and everything um, the piston and everything so Normally, you know, you have like a like on your front suspension, the piston has a return spring, right? So after you press the brake, it pulls the piston back so you're not always hitting the brake. And our custom ones, we have a tight fitting O-ring on the piston and the O-ring has enough elasticity to like pull the piston back. And so it was actually like just stuck on and the O-ring was not pulling the piston back. And so our rear brakes were like I was had my foot on the brake the whole time. And that's how I was driving like the second half of that lap. <laughs> So after I pressed the brake once, it was just locked. So I go, cut them, cut them, like cut the brakes. They're not going to know. So we actually capped, because we had the force, we actually like, capped off the, the brakes. Um, and, and I get back on. And so we had already turned off the front brakes from our proportioning valve. Yeah. <laughs> off the back, so then I realized we have no freaking brakes. So the second lap, now that I'm like going, I'm passing everyone, I'm like, perfect. I'm going down that hill climb with no brakes. And I think you're going to see a video of what happens because of that. Um, you'll see, I think, one car. This isn't us. That comes flying in. Um, there's a lot of cars right there. So that one, I kind of ran off. There's a lot of cars like that. So I come flying in, and I'm by myself. So I think it's the next video. So I'm by myself because now, because I stopped, the herd of cars is gone. So I'm by myself. That the only place you can watch the race is right in front of this jump. So the whole crowd's there. There's a grandstand. I'm coming down by myself. I'm like, I'm going to floor this thing. And I just like floor it. And <clears throat> this is what happened. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now you're going to see a slow motion of this. This is Jason in the blue shirt. He's running after me to try and kill the car, you know, to like stop you or penalize you or something like that. 
And I don't know if you can tell, but I can hear the audience cheer because I landed on my wheels and my foot's still on the gas. <laughs> and it just sputters a little, right? Because the gas is flushing yeah. around. And I like fist pump and I like keep going. I have no idea Jason's chasing me, right? <laughs> and uh, and so I just keep, behind you. Yeah, I just keep going. And everyone knows like we're the ones that drove off the cliff and now we're like doing this roll. And this is Jason's ATV right here. After he misses me, which I don't know, I drive like 200 yards. I'm going through whoopties and he pulls up next to me in the ATV and I'm driving, I'm looking at him and he's pulling over. He's like, pull over. He's like pulling me over, like in Dumb and Dumber, like pull over, pull over. And I'm like, pull over. And my goggles were all crooked. I think you'll see in the slow-mo, my head just goes smack across the steering wheel. And, my, and it makes my goggles and I, so I was like trying to drive like this, right? And my wrist like restraints were not letting me touch my goggles. And so he, uh, he like straightens my goggles out and he knows it's me. And he's like, I know he wants to like kick us out of the race. And I think, cause I got his credit card. He just looks at me and he goes, what did I say at the restaurant last night? And I just didn't even say anything. And he's like, all right, keep going. And he like, let us keep going. <laughs> let me play the rest of this. Here he comes trying to hit. And I'm like fist pumping like, yeah, here's the slow-mo coming. Watch my, my head right here goes smack across. Oh. The my goodness. And then Jason's right <laughs> Stop that car. Yeah. He's like, stop. <laughs> missed it. You almost <laughs> ran him over. Yeah. And then you can see the numbers kind of crushed. This is the lap after that. And you can hear Dan go, did he roll over? Did he roll over? <laughs> so the reason we rolled over like that time and a couple other times, you'll see on these whoopies, we had too much rebounding on this shot. So you'll see maybe not this video when I'm going faster on one of the next ones, the rear end bounces up because we didn't have good rebound dampening. And so normally the fluid has to go back, you know, through certain holes um, on the other end, this is a good one. Like look at the back end, just like bouncing up, right? Mm. Back tires get air every time. And that, that's what the problem was. We didn't have enough testing that, um, you can see it really bouncing up. Whenever you'd go over something, the back end would like pop you up like a springboard. And that's what was making us kind of roll, uh, so many times. <clears throat> so I think this is still me driving. So you know, we have this plan for how many laps, how long to go for before we were, we're going to refuel and switch drivers. And then I, I was going to do that last lap and Five I get rollovers. Yeah, I get, I get, so now I got to tell, there's a lot of videos now I have to fill in the gap. So I get to the top, almost like where the cliff diving was. And all I have to do is get down that ramp to the tabletop and I run out of gas. And we, back then we didn't have a headset, walkie talkies or anything. So I'm just stuck up there. And I'm waiting for like an ATV to show up, you know, and it's probably like 15, 20 minutes. And, and we were passing everybody like we were we were doing really well. So we, I had to get towed back to the pits to get to get a, a, a new driver and gas. So I get out and James is going to be the next driver. Right. And James had never driven that competition before, I don't think. Um, but he was like our lightest team member. And it was going to be like me. It was going to be James. It was going to be J-Lo and then me again if we got you know, that far and, uh, or we're just going to be three of us, however. So James gets in and I'm like, look, you got no brakes. Remember I was like on these, <laughs> these, like the ones you just saw me going through, I was like, 
just go slow when you enter. Just take your foot off the gas, go in. And then once you're in it, you can keep it floored and you'll just like kind of bounce through, right? Okay. So I sit down in the pits and 30 seconds later, I just hear, they had like, an, they had like a loudspeaker. Um, Cal State LA drive, Cal State LA, you need a new driver. Cal State LA, you need a new driver. And I'm like, what? He just got in there. Yeah. I'm like, he's got to be right here. So we just run down the court. We just run like to the side of the course. We just run and we see James and the car pull over to the side and James is out of the car. I'm like, what happened? And like he rolled over. And so like the first, I think oh. he said like it was too dirt, too dusty and he didn't see it was a whoopee coming and he was just going full speed and the back end like flipped up. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, J-Lo, oh, that's right. They made us go back and tack the frame. Like the top of the frame had a little crack in it. So I had to go back and tack the frame. Uh, they let us go. I'm like, I'm like, J-Lo, you're going to race now. So <laughs> it's your turn and then I'll go again, right? So <clears throat> J-Lo starts driving and he, he was doing awesome. In fact, he had the second fastest lap out of any car. So our, out of the 130, well, I guess 90 something that race, um, one of our lap times was the second fa fastest. Only the first place car had a faster lap. So like if we could have stayed on the course, like we had a top five car, you know, as far as running the endurance race. So I'm sitting there with James in the pits and he just looks at me and he goes, my spine hurts. And I was like, your spine hurts. I've never heard anyone say their spine hurts. What does that mean? And I was like, James, I was like, all right. I mean, I got to stay in the pits. I was like, go, uh, go, go talk to our buddies, the ambulance drivers, right? So he goes to the ambulance drivers and he's like, hey, remember, do you got the bloody nose? Your buddy rolled over, fell off the cliff. And he's like, my spine hurts. And they're like, what? Traction, like right away in the, in a neck brace on the stretcher in the hospital in the in the ambulance driving to the hospital like, <laughs> like they come back like we, we had to take your buddy to the hospital i'm like oh my gosh so so he's in the hospital so at this point you know with you know how much time we had lost with welding and the brakes and the and the running out of gas i was like you know what i want robert to drive even though he was like by far the biggest guy i was like he's gonna be on the team next year he's gonna be the captain the next year i wanted to get the experience driving right and so I was like, Robert, you're going to drive the third leg. Like, All right. So JLo pulls over, Robert gets in. And at this point we have enough gas, you know, it's hard to tell. Cause again, they're doing the lap counts and we didn't have the live feed like you guys have with how many laps everything's going. So we just know it's been like three and a half hours. So we're like, you know, he's probably going to finish the race. We'll just go in the grandstands and we'll watch the rest of the race. So we sit in the grandstands. <clears throat> It takes a little bit of time and we don't really see him come around again. Then we hear over the loudspeaker. Uh, we need to clear the area for a helicopter landing, clear the area for a helicopter landing. And right away, I just end up and go, Robert, like, I just know it's us, right? I just know it's us. So I just run down to where their helicopter's landing, right? And I'm like, is it us? And he's like, yeah. And, and so, he did a similar thing where what James did was going to one of the whoopies coming in too hot. And he rolled like three of the guy that was working there was like, that was gnarly. He ran, he rolled like three times, but boom, almost like when I went off the cliff and he landed and his feet, his feet were out above the roll cage. You have the hood and everything like that. And his feet had like came out and were like over that. And he gets, 
he got out and at first was like, cool, cool, you know, like all this, uh, looking at the car and all this. And then he goes out off to the side of the track and he just passes out on his feet, just like passes out. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> just passes out. Goodbye. Get the ambulance. They're like, his teammate has the ambulance at another hospital. <laughs> like, we don't have an ambulance, get a helicopter. So they had to get a helicopter because James was in the, the only ambulance they had at the site, at the other hospital. And so he gets airlifted to a different hospital. So my parents go to be with James and then Dr. Sharif goes to the hospital that Robert's at. So we at least have somebody at each hospital. <laughs> Just me and JLo left to like clean up the mess. And they wouldn't let us get back on after that. Uh, I mean, the, what they did was they, they confiscated our car and they put it in a big Polaris trailer and all the judges went in and I'm like, I wanna be present. You know, I don't want you guys like messing with the car and then being like, oh, this is why this happened or something, right? Like, I want to see what you're doing in my car. And they're like, nope, no one can be in. No one can be in. They close the trailer and they're in there for like 30 minutes. Probably that's where they wrote all these new rules down, right? <laughs> so this video is, whole thing. is um, the guy above Jason. There's another guy. I forget his name, Bob or something like that, is talking to us. Uh, you're not going to hear it right now, but he's telling us this frame can't be used next year. And we're like, we always make new frames, you know, and, and chop it up and all this. And, uh, and all these teams are coming around. Like now it's like in the middle, kind of where the helicopter landed. And it's kind of like on the way out of all the pits and everything. So now everyone's just coming around like, this is the car that went off the cliff and all these rollovers and two guys in the hospital. Um, and so you can see this crack right there, right? Look at that gap right there. <laughs> oh so my God. that's the rule that you have to have a continuous uh rear roll hoop all the way around because this was a welded joint where like five members were coming in the top the bottom the side member the cross member behind it and like a diagonal and so there was like a ton of weld in that area and stuff in fact it didn't even break up the weld right it broke on the tube yeah right, right here like at the bend i think <laughs> yeah so that's the rule that you have to have a continuous roll hoop because it's separated right here. Uh, and then they also had a rule that the gusset, you had to gusset the top of the roll cage in the corners. You had to put like a gusset, which I think they now got that rule out of there, but for like five years because the top of it also like separated. So yeah, you had to have a gusset there. Um, <clears throat> there's more pictures at the end of all the damage. Um, so yeah, right now he's giving us a lecture. We're trying to like secretly record it. That's why you can't really see anyone's faces. That's the head judge right there. And he's like, is your team coming back? And I was like, uh, the guy in the hospital is coming back, but he's the only one. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, just uh, and like all these, like all these teams start like crowding around and <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, here's, so this is back in, in the lab at, uh, at Cal State LA. Um, so that was the front. So yeah, his feet, and you actually see it, it looks like he might have peeled it back with his foot, right? Uh, see the hood on the top? I mean, his feet like, were above that. And so uh, somehow his feet got out and was like sitting on the Briggs and Stratton sign. Was that like a crack on the corner? Like the front right corner of that? Um, oh yeah, the up and down there. Yeah, I mean, that's like 0352. I mean, that was like super thin. Um, There's no rule on that. But yeah, Juan, his feet came up over up that black 
hood that and where it says Briggs and Stratton, like his feet were there, resting there. So his feet pulled back and then up and over. Yeah. And it looks like his foot pushed this, like probably bent this out, right? Yeah. Like that. Oh. <laughs> so it's like his yeah. <laughs> um you know, it was still drivable too. Um and so here's another rule. So see the toe hitch? <laughs> yeah, the toe it's hitch. Up 90 degrees. What's funny was when I went through the cliff diving, it was bent down 90 degrees. <laughs> so it went it like perfectly up. 90. And I have another picture of it, not in this video. And then we straightened it and then it went up 90. And so now there's a rule that you have to have a swivel uh, toe hitch so that it, it, it like swivels on a, on a shoulder bolt mm -hmm. um, so that you don't break your toe hitch off. <laughs> oh, and then the other, I think the final one was that if you roll over three times in the in the endurance race, they take you out of the race. They don't let you <laughs> keep going anymore. <laughs> I just noticed there's like a ton of oil like underneath, what is that, the gearbox? Uh, yeah, this was, um, yeah, there might have been some leaking in the gearbox after that. This actually might be some brake fluid uh, <laughs> too, probably because of like the O-ring um, and when we cut the brakes, but yeah. Um, was that like five rules in one go yeah so there's the crush number at the end um yeah this corners you can't tell because the padding on there now they don't have the padding anymore right i think i don't think it's a requirement but I'm, i think a lot of teams do it just to protect yeah. their frame and their uh, paint <laughs> they might have took it out so they could actually see these corners because you could tell how sloppy this weld was this was hard to like weld on during the competition right here so <laughs> One of the ones I had to fix on the spot. Dan might have fixed it. Um, there's the SMS mobile still, <laughs> still attached. It lost a wheel, but it's still attached after all of that. Um, so yeah, we were the only two left. Um, we had to like pack up the car, pack everything up. Everyone else was at the hospital, the two different hospitals. Um, like the front panel. <laughs> what's like that? The front panel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. We're in good spirits though. So oh, here's the here's the everyone who rolled had the same cut on their neck from the seatbelt. Uh, Roberts was a little bit less defined, but um, we were the rollover brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an album cover for like a '90s rap album. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. And then Robert had black eyes. Uh, he he started, This was like the same day. Black eyes. It might have been the next morning, but black, black eyes from from the impact and like the goggles that he had on, like this the pressure. And then he had a black. You'll see uh, from the seatbelt. He got bruised from the seatbelt. And we had to stop at the pharmacy to get their <laughs> uh, prescriptions on the way home. And then we we're like, screw it. It's already been through enough. Let's just push it off the truck. I ain't lifting this. And <laughs> Get out of here, you're done for. <laughs> oh, so this was the weird thing. I had a, I had like a, a good luck shirt. Uh, and I, I welded in it the entire time. It was like, it was a long sleeve. Cause I, I learned I get sunburned when I weld, right? Like the radiation. Oh, yeah. And I used to do it in like cutoffs and stuff. Cause it was always hot. And so then I was like, after one day of welding while my arms are red, I'm like, I'm going to wear a long sleeve when I weld. And then when we painted the car, we had to spray paint the car. We didn't have any other nice painting so we would just buy like a hundred yellow spray paint cans and spray paint the car so 
my shirt had like yellow spray paint. It was just like through the whole year of like grime. And I was like, I'm going to wear this racing. So I wore it racing and I passed it off to each of the guys in the, who are going to race next. So that was like a bad luck shirt, right? Cause everyone who wore it, JLo didn't wear it actually. And Jane, I wore it, James wore it and Robert wore it. And, uh, so at the end, we get Robert from the hospital and I realized like it's a bad luck shirt. Right. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, where's that shirt, man? We should burn that shirt. And he's like, Oh, they had to cut it off me. Um, you know how they do that? Like when, um, ambulance people or whatever. So like, you know, they had me on a stretcher and they just cut the shirt off of me. I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like, did they throw it out? Like, I still like to burn. He's like, I don't know. I didn't get it at all. Um, I'm like, all right, whatever. So we pushed the car out of the U-Haul and the shirt is fully intact sitting on the seat of the car. <laughs> Where to God. I'm like, there's the shirt. I'm like, Robert, I thought they cut it off you. He's like, they did. And I'm like, how did it get in the car? Because I put this car in here when you were in the hospital. Like to this day, I have no idea, but that shirt was fully intact sitting on the seat of the car. And I was creeped out. I was like, this is a bad luck shirt. And we ended up uh, burning it in the barbecue. <laughs> I had a concussion if he doesn't remember. Yeah, but like, I know when I rolled that car in there that the shirt was not, I wouldn't have asked him where the shirt was, right? Like, it was creepy. It was creepy. So here's the lineup. So this number 23 car is the seventh place car from, from 0304 um, that we're actually getting back. Um, from Jose, Jose's getting it back and he's gonna let the, the current team use it. And these are the other championship cars lined up. And then here's our, our beat up car next to it. <laughs> I love seeing that lineup, but it's crazy like how big the lab was that you could fit all the stuff in there. Yeah, was that I mean, one what we were doing where it was uh, just, it was just Baja. And so like, yeah, we had the whole thing to ourselves. And it was cool to have them like for reference and stuff. We were we were driving. We actually led the homecoming parade one year. So um, Cal State actually had a homecoming parade. I don't know if they do it anymore. And uh, since I was in sports, they knew me and was like, "Hey!" And I told them I had these cars, and they're like, "Yeah, you guys can like drive in the parade." So uh, we had all we had these three. I think the the green, yellow, and red. And we led the homecoming parade, and it went through campus. So there was like the sign, and we were the first three cars which was cool because people could hear it kind of coming, you know, and we like rev it up and uh, we drove, but you know, you're in the library and you hear like engines going by. Right. And so we drove by the, like the library where you guys have the food, you know, all that new stuff wasn't there, yeah. the food court and all that. And then we get to like that, um, you know, the parking garage by the art department kind of, um, and we just, yeah. And we had to get back to the lab. We're like, let's race. And we just raced going all the way down the like the garage. Uh, <laughs> you could hear the cars in the garage echoing. It was like freaking awesome. Uh, we drove them back. So yeah, we got to drive them a couple times. And then this was our senior design presentation. So we're all in suits and we like rolled out the, the wrecked car and we put it right in front of the classroom um, so people could see it. Um, and our like seniors, like we did so much engineering on this car, right? And so much analysis and all this. And you could have had like super impressive final presentation, but you know, we were all kind of burnt out anyway. And so the presentation, I basically just showed like clips from competition and told stories and like didn't do any engineering at all. And like, we still got an A. <laughs> it was like, we had enough good graces built up, so. 
That's it. Yeah. That's the that's the story of 2005. Dang. I think we got all the uh, all the rules in there. That was like five rules. Yeah, At least five. Of them. There's the fire extinguisher mount, the three rollovers, the gussets, the continuous roll, roll hoop, the toe hitch swivel, and the no numbers on the top. What's that at the on the right where J Lo is at? There's a there's a canister. Is that like a, a reservoir for the? Oh, for up here, that's the SMS uh, mobile. <laughs> well, that's a big. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there was always cool. We always had that on there, and it's just two zip ties, and it held on through all of all of the stuff I just showed you. It held on. <gasps> Um, for all those of you who couldn't pass tech in the 0506 season, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> exactly. Every time you'll notice when we do pass tech, Jason comes by and is like, let me do a final check. And he like always looks at the car and like, oh my God. <laughs> and if I'm ever there, like as an advisor, they're like, get away, Kevin. Like I don't want him to see and like trigger any memories, you know. <laughs> uh, so I, I try to avoid Jason. I give him some PTSD every time. Yeah. But I mean, it was here comes talked about for a while. Uh, obviously, we're still talking about it now. And I always say, I mean, we had a good car. We got 12th in the presentation in our, in our uh, out of, you know, we had like 105 teams give the presentation. We got 12th. And, you know, when we got seventh the year before, we were like 50th place going into the endurance race because we had no design report, cost report, like all that stuff. We just didn't have time to like do. So this year I'm like, I mean, we would have been a top three school if we, if, you know, we did our paperwork. So this year I was like, we're going to do the paperwork. We're like so close to winning it. Um, and then, you know, it, and we had the, the second fastest lap. So it's like, if every, it shows you everything has to go perfect for you to like get in the, you know, top, top 10. And obviously if, if you want to win it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's also why I, kind of kept helping out a little bit right it's like i've we were so close to being on the top that you know i was like just got to get that extra push get the paperwork you know and then we you know we haven't gotten back in the top 10 since that 04 season well soon <laughs> hopefully yeah yeah definitely want to want to see that <laughs> so after having these wild adventures um you definitely gave the team a lot of insight during all of your design reviews and I'm not sure when we started doing lessons learned but our team does lessons learned so we go over right like any mistakes we made things that we could have improved like throughout the season and um, that's become like a really crucial part of starting the next competition year um, and, and another one of the things we do is alumni design review. So we invite all the alumni to come back to the school um, once like we finish our design and before we start building. So usually sometime in the fall, um, we'll have the alumni come and basically have like a roasting session about like all the problems that our design has. <laughs> um, and if we, if we have any part of the car built so that they can see kind of like what's going on with that. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, I guess, that experience is as an alumni, seeing students' progress, and also over the years, like, the level of preparedness that the teams had, or maybe, like, the rule changes that you've seen, or, or anything, does anything stand out to you in terms of, of the design review? 
you know, it's been different through the years and it definitely has been a lot better in the, you know, recently, recent years. Um, I think I restarted when the school actually asked me to be a senior design advisor because they wanted to make bot, they're running out of senior design projects, which probably isn't a problem anymore, but they were like, we're going to make it Baja, but we need somebody, you know, to, to be the advisor. So like I would, you know, essentially be, um, almost like grading them, right? Or like be the project manager, like you would if you were at Raytheon or something. So I was like, okay. And uh, so that's how I got kind of back into it. And that year was a disaster because there was an existing, basically they got into senior design and these five students were like told, you're doing the Baja project. Um, and there was already a Baja team. So imagine if you guys are already working all summer and then senior design students came in and was like, well, we're doing Baja for senior design, right? And trying to integrate those two teams. That's, yeah, that's a really strange setup, actually. I didn't know that they had that. <laughs> yeah. It seems really impractical. And so, you know, a lot of those students didn't want to do Baja. They were just told this is it. And they just wanted enough to get a C in senior design and, and graduate, right? And that just doesn't work with the Baja team, right? And so that was a, kind of a bad experience. But then I was able after that to say, I just want to help help you guys out, not as an, a you know senior design advisor. And... Uh, it's been hard because I mean, well, I do have like a high standard and especially after you've worked, you know, by then I had worked five years at JPL and you learn so much more and it's like, oh, I just totally want to like explain to the students like the right path to like design something. But as a lot of times they're not ready for that. Right. And so uh, it, it was really hard. I mean, I did. I think I did start the lessons learned because that's what we have at, at NASA and, and JPL has their, its own lessons learned. So. I think I started that process and I've been trying to get them to do right requirements and all this, but, you know, it was hard at first. I think I was too demanding on the students. Um, and it's really easy when you see a design, like to pick it apart when you have a lot of experience and it's really hard to just, you know, to try and get them to think to the next step. Right. And it's definitely gotten better as far as people learning presentation skills um, and presenting it. I think I put a template together for like how to present a design. Right. Because uh, a lot of students would just like put the cat up or just put FBA up with colors and that means nothing right and or they'll show a dimension and they'll have nine digits in the dimension from SOLIDWORKS because when you take it it just gives you nine digits and it's like <laughs> oh that frame member's got to be 12.7125721 inches it's like they don't understand you know the practical numbers and stuff so it's been rough and it's gotten a lot better especially with like your guys's years um and I'm glad they embrace us, you know, and, and bring the alumni in because it can be like someone's poking holes at your design, right? I'm <laughs> sure as a student, I would have been not as well welcoming of that maybe, but um, it's hard to try to get balance between helping them and giving them the answer or just being too hard on them because you got to remember like what you didn't know when you were a junior, right? And put yourselves in their shoes. Um, but I like what you guys and, you know, people before you have helped develop for the team. Um, you know, obviously every year you're going to get more alumni. So our alumni group grows and uh, I feel bad about the pandemic because I think you guys had a ton of momentum. Yeah. Uh, ha having a consistent um, advisor like Bachman, who's like super uh, supportive, active, present. Like we didn't, like Sharif the first year was very present. Like he was teaching you stuff in the Baja lab. And then he was just like rubber stamping it. And I never saw him the whole year. And then we actually had to get other people just to rubber stamp so Baja could be a project and they never showed up in the lab or anything. So 
I think having a consistent advisor, someone like Bachman has helped for sure keep continuity. I think you guys started a Baja Bible, right? Kind of design yeah. practices. Um, so it's been good. It's still challenging for me personally to sit back and not be like, uh, you guys should have built the frame a month ago. What are you doing? You know? Um, and I'm glad other alumni come in because they, they get different perspectives as well. Yeah, I like, I really liked, um, it was at first it was annoying, um, <laughs> but I like, it's been probably like the starting off point of every single one of our design presentations. But when we started writing out requirements for our car and really understanding like what, like what the levels of the requirements were, um, I think that was a really big changing point in the way that we designed. And then that helped us a lot because our design presentations kind of sucked a little bit for a good while. Like we wouldn't get too many points on them and we were always like, why aren't they good? Why aren't they good? Um, and we were definitely guilty of doing like the FEA that we kind of didn't actually understand. And that led to like the workshops we have on YouTube now. So everybody can see them. <laughs> and then um, uh, the one of the really helpful things too is um, we have the alumni basically put us through tech as if you were like an SAE volunteer and you're measuring the car just like they would. You go through the entire rule book and that's super helpful. So I know for sure like those are things that they're probably gonna stick with forever. Um, and then I remember like, so after, after you're like, you graduated from this experience, you're telling us about like, how you got into JPL and how it's like it's a big deal now like in retrospect but at the time it was like an afterthought for you oh yeah so I mean they came to me um I think I was at JPL during that competition they came to me uh, Dr. Shaw um like what, what I was doing for that senior design and for Baja and was like hey you know uh, I got a couple students that work at JPL on a project and you could go work at JPL I didn't know what JPL was or what it stood for. I didn't even ask. I was just like, eh, I'm too busy. I got 22 units and I got Baja, you know, and he's like, all right. And like the ne next day, he saw me like, yeah, you probably shouldn't turn it down. I was like, look, I don't even have a car. Like I can't even get there. Like, I live on campus. And he's like, well, I have some students that go to this school. Like you can like carpool with them. And then I like, kind of looked it up and I'm like, oh, it's like a NASA center. And like, uh, and it, I mean, it was only like a stipend from the school, like 10 bucks an hour or something like that. But he was like, you don't want to turn this down. And so I started working there um, while I was doing Baja. So um, that was definitely challenging. Um, I think it was just a couple months. I started like in the January. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was a student, like a contractor, basically working on a project there with other students at Cal State LA. And then did that for two years and they uh then jpl when the when the my supervisor was new to jpl so i had a new supervisor and he was like hey kevin i want you to work on this other project and i and he's like i'll send you a, a charge number for it and i go well, i don't i can't use a charge number i'm a student I'm like i don't even work here like full time <laughs> he's like you're not a jpl employee i'm like no he's like all right i'll, I'll make you one and he just hired me right right there and <clears throat> So, you know, it was just because I was already working there and he didn't even know because I was working like a normal employee there. And then uh, I was still getting my master's degree. And so I, you, 
I told him I was doing that. He's like, all right, I'll make you a part, a part academic part-time. So you get paid like a full-time employee, but you can only work 32 hours max and you can finish school. And then once you get your master's degree, we'll make you a full-time employee. And that way they'll hire me as I, like I have a master's. Otherwise they would have just hired me and gave me like a little bit of a raise for getting a master's. So I kind of held out um, until I got my master's in 07. And yeah, I think I got my master's in six quarters. I, I, again, I would just like, just take everything at once. Jeez. And, uh, and yeah, by 2007, um, I had, I had my master's and been working at JPL ever since. And that's where I learned, that's how I learned how to run projects. Right. And like, that's why requirements, like all that stuff that I'm doing, is not like that I've like, asked the team to do. It's because I learned that that's how we do our projects at JPL and they're successful. I mean, we just landed, you guys, it's good timing. We just landed another Mars rover, right? That's mm-hmm. my you know, section that does that, that work. And that's Safety. successful because we have lessons learned, right? Uh, we know what failed in tests before and we have a, you know, a Baja Bible, we have JPL design principles, right? And it tells you how much torque margin you have to have. And it's just hundreds of pages of how much margin you carry, how to, you know, um, all these rules that you have to follow. And if you don't follow them, you have to write up a document, a waiver, and you tell the institution why you're not following that and they have to approve <laughs> it, right? And so uh, I just try to take that stuff and like show the Baja team, that's how you're gonna do it when you become an engineer. So let's start it now. Not only will it help you in your job, but it also make Baja more successful because you know you'll have these rules and you'll have it'll be more organized, right? So um, that's where where I started pushing some of those other things. I was yeah. going to ask, and you mentioned that um, the you mentioned that they designed it, the Perseverance rover. So can you tell us a little about about what you do in like specific to that project? <clears throat> Uh, so for that rover, I didn't work on any sp- particular parts of that one. Um, but right now I'm a systems engineer uh, working on, it's called SWAT. So it's an earth orbiting satellite that launches next year. And, uh, and you know, the way it happens is, and that's how I was trying to approach, you know, Baja too, is you have system engineers who write the requirements, right? So if you think of it as a Baja car, what's your level one requirement? Like, what are you, what are you trying to achieve? Right. Um, you you want to get first place, right? And, and all this stuff. So it's like, you might have a top speed or acceleration or a turning radius, like all this stuff, right? That's your level one goals. And for us, it's like science goals. So the scientists actually write that, right? Like for my project, they want to measure the ocean depth, the, the height of the ocean layers actually. And so they just come up with, well, we need to measure a certain frequency of the wavelength and all, you know, all these science numbers. And then Project system engineers take those and make them level two requirements that says, all right, to do that, we need an interferometer. Okay, how far apart do the antennas need to be? 10 meters to get this wavelength, whatever, you know? And then you go down to level three and they're like, all right, how are we gonna do this? And then you you get all the way down to building an actual mechanism to deploy a boom to make an antenna 10 meters to read the sign, right? So it's like this trickle down effect. And that's how I was trying to have people learn Baja was your goal is to have this turning radius maybe but how do you do that? You have a certain frame size, a certain wheelbase, a certain suspension, right? A certain kingpin inclination, all this stuff. So your end goal is just a simple turning radius. And that way you can have a frame, having requirements, you can have somebody work on a frame that's gonna achieve that, that goal. 
and someone working on a suspension is going to achieve that goal and they can work independently if they have their own requirements and when you put it together you're going to meet that turning radius and and you have like an interface which is at the frame so you have an interface agreement here's the mounting points of the suspension right so those are we call those mechanical interface control drawings right micds so you can i still to this day look at jpl projects and see how you would break it down if it was like a baja vehicle right and uh and and kind of do the project that way yeah you you pushing that that I mean, kind of going back to the whole design review and you pushing the requirements towards us, like it definitely helped a lot and not just like, I, I know Crystal calls it like a roasting session, but to be quite <laughs> honest, like the experience we had with you was definitely more difficult than it was going through ac actual design presentation at competition. So it's like, it said it like you, you, you brought us here and then we got to the design presentation and they're like here and I'm like, okay, well we can handle a lot more of this because obviously we've interacted with, with, um, with Kevin and even more so it like it even now that I've graduated and I'm working in the industry, like the same things that you've taught us or that you've showed us through Baja, like I use on a day, like even today, like I wrote requirements for a project that I was starting, like that whole thing, it's not just for Baja, but as an entire, like I'm going to carry that what you showed us because of what you learned at JPL. I'm going to carry that for the rest of my like engineering career. So I'm just trying to say Baja definitely is a huge advantage before you even go into industry and having advisors like you or an alumni like you, it's such a huge help for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> glad to hear it's worth, you know, the, the time, but it's, yeah, I, I agree, and that's why I give back to Baja, right? Like I said, I wouldn't work at JPL directly because he saw me doing Baja. I was like, well, he's a pretty good engineer. I'm going to see if he can work at JPL for me. So, like, directly, if I didn't do Baja, I know I wouldn't have, you know, gotten that opportunity. But then when I got to JPL, I was, like, so good at SOLIDWORKS compared to the students that were already there that I could, like, draw the antenna that I was doing the same day and animate it, and they were, like, blown away. And to me, it was, like, super simple because Baja was, like, even harder, yeah. right? <laughs> And so that made me like want to give back sort of to Baja. And also, you know, there's other schools like UCLA and USC that get more, you know, you get more prestige if it's on your resume and stuff like that. But I mean, there's like at least 10 people from Cal State LA that was like before my time that were my boss's boss went to Cal State LA. Um, and I think the, the better the students are coming out of Cal State LA, you know, it raises everybody else that went to that school, right? And so now someone at JPL, someone applies to JPL, like, oh, they went to Cal State LA. And it's like, well, Kevin went to Cal State LA. And if I was crappy, then it wouldn't look good for that person, right? And so <laughs> it's like, I, I, wanna, I wanna be a good example for Cal State LA. It just helps everybody, you know, get jobs and grow in the industry and stuff like that. So that's the other reason I just wanna like give back to Baja and the students at Cal State LA. Cause I feel like they're at a disadvantage. We don't have that much money. You talk to UCLA and Baja, gets like 20K, like eat without trying, right? And they have water jet lab, CNC machines, which you guys are starting, are starting to get now too, but they just have all these endless resources. And I mean, my year, we had four, four guys in a lab with a manual mill and built that whole car, right? And we yeah. had $3,000 budget. So that 2005 team, we had $3,000 for the entire year. That always blows my mind that it I was- thousand dollars like I, we can't even buy suspension <laughs> three thousand yeah well we we uh 
that included travel, which is why we just get like a U-Haul and why we couldn't afford like a U-Haul for testing. And uh, we would, we went to ASI and, and I think had them like buy tires. So like we could, we could ask for a specific thing. So we got a few sponsored things, but yeah, we built, that's because we did everything by hand and us and Dan and yeah, that entire car was $3,000. And the sad thing was like our cost report showed it was like $5,000, right? When you, when you follow the rules of the cost report, like how much it cut it and all this stuff, our car was 5,000, but I know we built it for 3,000, including travel, right? <laughs> That's, so all That's all you have. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Um, well, sort of to, to wrap things up, because I know we kind of went a little bit over time. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we kind of want to know what's next, you know? I mean, we, I've known you for three, four years now, and you've been working at JPL and, and helping us out at Baja. Like, what's, what's next for, for Kevin R.? Well, I definitely want to retire at JPL. Um, oh, nice. Okay. And so I plan to do that. You know, my, my next project, hopefully, because I know some people working on it, um, when I'm done with mine, will be, uh, will be Mars sample return. So you saw the rover just now land. It's going to leave little tubes of Mars soil behind. Um, and right now, we don't have a way to go get it. And the next project, Mars sample return, is already working on that. So you know, it's a three-legged thing where it's like a relay race and we have one thing that's going to orbit, one thing that's going to land, one thing that's going to launch. And so uh, I should hopefully be doing system engineering work for trying to get that sample back to Earth. <laughs> so cool. um, and that'll probably be like a 10-year project for me, right? Like the one I'm on now, um, I started right when my son was born. Um, that was my first project and he's almost six. And people have been on that project project like five years longer than me so it's a long burn when you get on these big flight projects so <clears throat> the next one you know I might only have one more project after that and then I retire right it's just like a really long long burn so <clears throat> you know I want to do that um you know I just moved to Vegas for for my for family reasons and so you know I won't be able to help out Baja as much except remotely but you know I'm down to do that um and I have some space here and there's a lot of desert out here so I I might end up building a little car in my garage and, you know, if the Baja team ever, if they're listening and want to come out to Vegas, uh, I can host and we can, uh, we can go driving out in the desert and testing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. Well, to sort of close anything, any, sort of close it off. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Do you have like a LinkedIn? Do you have like an Instagram page that you post a lot of nice things on? <laughs> I don't accept, you know, I, I almost, I almost started my own company called gnarly engineering you know uh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> my last name k-n-a-r-r i'll probably regret this but if you google gnarly engineering with a k um i have a little website and it uh it might even show me welding the baja car and um i you know i was basically asking if anyone kind of like a freelance engineer right if anyone had those designs out there you know i have a 3d printer in my house so if anyone needed like some prototyping done or building done uh, I'm really looking for people to have problems and then I can find a solution. Right. So uh, if anyone has like a problem out there, like, Oh, I wish I could, you know, it was easier to do this or that. Um, you know, I like thinking of those solutions and building prototypes and stuff, but uh, I'm so busy at JPL. I kind of put that on the, on the back burner and, uh, and definitely plan to just be at JPL the whole time. And uh, it takes up most of that and raising my son takes up most of my time. So <laughs> <laughs> So look for you at gnarlyengineering.com or? I'm looking at this logo right now. Oh, man. 
man. I got a little surfer in a gear. It's a surfer in a gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that when I was on paternity leave when my son was born. And I was just thinking, now that I have a kid, it'd be nice to work from home and all this stuff, right? And so I, that's when I was thinking of starting my own company. Um, and uh, I got the name and all that, but I didn't make it farther than that. <laughs> yeah, I can't find the, the Baja picture. I don't think it's on there. Uh, I, I might have had one in skills or something like that. Uh, I, might, I think I have a picture of me welding in there somewhere. Oh, there it is. I found it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the, the Cal State LA students, the computer science students to build you a really nice website. Oh, yeah. We'll exploit them for all by myself. <laughs> uh, so. But thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for what you guys helped build um, at, ba at Cal State LA for Baja team. And this podcast will hopefully keep it going. And um, so keep it up. I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Well, hopefully we can have you on again. We'll have Jose on. Um, yeah. We'll try to reach out to him and see if we can schedule something out. But we appreciate you taking the time. And most importantly, appreciate you helping out the Baja team and definitely helped us out a huge huge time even just being there at comp just hanging out with us is, is is such a great thing to have um but yeah thank you again kevin this has been the staying muddy podcast thanks for listening and we'll see you next time thank you for listening to the staying muddy podcast if you like what we do join our subreddit staying muddy podcast or if you would like to learn more about our team you can visit our website castle or follow us on social media at castle thanks again for listening Thank you.